Welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast here on the That's Good Broncos YouTube channel and Podbean, and we're on iTunes now. We're everywhere. We're like a real podcast. I am Brandon Perna, joined by the one and uh, maybe only. Yeah. Will Keys. What's up? Will Keys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so like I said, um, if you're uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can download this through Podbean and go to iTunes. I'm going to ask you right now, if you go to iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. Write into iTunes. Say you want to give us six stars, but they only allow five. Uh, and leave a review because uh, doing those things is how fucking iTunes works. It's like views on YouTube. The more ratings you get, the better this pod will search, show up in their search engine. And if you want Will and I to have a future um, outside of uh, these two tiny rooms we're in right now, hmm. a rating would help quite a bit. Um, and today... We've got a lot to talk about, uh, but full disclosure, this is the second fucking time we're doing this thing. I, yeah, if we sound a little... Uh, tired? A little off, a little tired, a little exhausted, just know that we did a full dress rehearsal that lasted about an hour and a half. Hour and a half recording. Yeah. We went long, and then my fucking... The software on my computer did not save correctly. We had a technical issue, and I thought I fixed it. And then I, I just, I'll take the blame. I'll take the heat here. Didn't fucking fix it. So we're doing this for the second time. Today on the docket, the pod docket, we're going to talk about Broncos shit. This is how the podcast works. We do half, half of it's on the Broncos, half of it's on the NFL. So the first half will be about the Broncos, talking about the new stadium name, uh, Bradley Chubb's contract. Uh, Case Keenum a little bit, and then NFL, we're talking a little bit about free agency, which teams, uh, which players who are traded or signed with new teams we think will have uh, good fantasy value this year or increased fantasy value, and which guys might have uh, shitty, shitty value, whose value dropped, um, and a couple of the free agents who haven't signed, and uh, Will will tell you who Des Bryant will actually sign with. So things are a little slow, but we do have a lot to talk about. Uh, before we actually start with the Broncos, I just saw this on Twitter, um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Baker Mayfield was on Colin Cowherd's uh, show, which I'm not a fan of Colin Cowherd. To me, he's like, uh, he's, like the, he's like the slick, more handsome Skip Bayless. He's slick Bayless. And uh, he had just like – he brought up some clip with Baker Mayfield where – he ran towards the sideline or something to celebrate after a touchdown, and he was trying to insinuate that Baker Mayfield's not a great teammate because he didn't celebrate with his teammates right after the touchdown. Some really arbitrary, stupid bullshit, and Baker Mayfield called him out on it. And uh, I just wanted to see what you thought about Mayfield and uh, how much uh, you hate Colin Cowherd, or maybe you love him. <laughs> Maybe you respect the fact that he brings up these dumb things and people are going to talk about it. I mean, I actually kind of respect the fact that, like, he did it with Baker in studio. Studio. I think that's, like, that's kind of ballsy, honestly. Like, it's dumb, and <laughs> it doesn't make his take any more correct. But at least, like, you say it to their face, you know? Because most of these guys will just, like – I mean, I'm sure he's done the same exact thing uh, with Baker Mayfield while he's not there, but I respect having him in uh, right. on the show and, and, you know, 
So you're saying straight to him. Right. So you're saying basically it uh, makes Cowherd's balls bigger, but his brain a little smaller. I think I I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, That's I think it was a, a cowherd take. <laughs> Watch out, Colin! I'm coming for your stupid ass chair. Yeah, I mean this show will be more popular than anything on FS1. Give us like right. another month and we'll be fine. One month. Yeah, it was such a stupid example. Like he throws a really uh, pretty awesome touchdown pass against Ohio State, and his teammates are celebrating like on the the far side of the end zone where the, the guy scored. And then Mayfield kind of runs off towards the student section in the band. And apparently Cowherd thinks that because he didn't go and celebrate with his teammates, he's not a team guy, which is, you know, I, I think five seconds out of like Baker Mayfield played in college for like, what, like five years. Yeah. You need to pull five seconds out of a five-year college career and say, this is why you're not a team guy. Yeah. and that's Pretty ridiculous. That's basically what Mayfield said. Um, it's If you just search Colin Cowherd on Twitter right now or today and, and Baker Mayfield, watch the clip. It's entertaining. It makes me respect Baker Mayfield a little more. Uh, I like Baker Mayfield. Um, I honestly feel like if I were – if I had more confidence, because I obviously have the skill set and maybe just a bit a bigger physical build, uh, I would have been a very similar quarterback to Baker Mayfield, both on and off the field. The confidence there is key because <laughs> if you're going to be a quarterback, you need confidence. And after doing it for one year in eighth grade, I said, no, I'll just move me back to running back coach. This is too fucking hard and stressful. So Yeah, I mean, you had the arm. You had the acumen. <laughs> But you, you, I didn't have the balls. I had the big brain factor. and the tiny oh. balls. It was just little, not a good combo. Little je ne sais quoi. Um, yeah. No, and I think, like, if Coward was going to pick something, like, if you want to talk about something, take a bad throw. You know what I mean? Take something yeah. that actually is applicable. Because at the end, Coward's like, well, in the, in the NFL, you have, like, these the windows for decision-making. It's smaller. You got to be better at making decisions. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking? How does that? Yeah, what does that have to do with anything? It's like, well, then pick a throw where, you know, he has a guy wide open and be like, yeah. you're not going to have these throws in the NFL. How do you plan to? Like, ask him something that's, I don't know, maybe nobody would be talking about it, though. So that's that's why uh, that's why cowherd exists that's how right. and why he exists ask the stupid things which if any players want to come on here i will ask you plenty of stupid shit that people will make fun of me for yeah or i mean if baker mayfield wants to come on the show too we'll like yeah tweet this we'll podcast to baker mayfield an hour. yeah tweet it to baker and see if he'll come on here and we'll treat him with some fucking respect yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll treat you the way you deserve not like colin I'll I'll show him better ways to grab his balls on the sideline. That's how I can help him. Yeah, better form. Dude, uh, I hope he does it more. Grab the balls more. Yeah, securely. A little more gentle with those things, Baker. You're you want to be a father one day, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take it easy. Bakes. Okay, so we're gonna move on to the Broncos news, uh, which starts with outside linebacker Bradley Chubb, who after one or two practices as his coach or uh, pass rush consultant, as somebody corrected me, saying DeMarcus <laughs> Ware is not a coach. He's a pass rush consultant. It's the same fucking thing. I appreciate the technical acumen, though. Um, DeMarcus Ware said Chubb could be the next him. He could be the next me, is what Ware said. Mm. Uh, what was the news with Chubb today, Will? 
Well, funny you ask. He signed a four-year, $27 million with 19 – or no, sorry, $17.9 million as a signing bonus with the Broncos today. Here's so his rookie deal. Yeah, this is his rookie deal. Here's the real question. Did you already think Bradley Chubb had signed his contract? Yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely did too. I, it, it's like, yeah, it hasn't mattered <clears throat> since uh, the new CBA, basically. Yeah. When, you know, like back when it mattered, like first round picks were a lot more important. Back when, like, you know, hypothetically, if you're going to take like a 300 pound quarterback out of LSU and pay him like $80 million to be the face of your franchise, the very, the very wide face of your franchise. Uh, you can't miss on those things because yeah. you've got so much money tied up in them. Uh, but now, like, it's it's pretty much set. Like, obviously, the fifth player taken in the draft is going to, you know, be a lot more valuable uh, both on the field and monetarily than someone late in the first round. Um, so it's not to say that, like, these things are just, like, mulligans if you get them wrong. Um, but it's not quite as important as it used to be, and that's probably a good thing. Yeah, and contracts, like, they're not – there's never any rookie like holdouts because there's a scale now. So everybody kind of knows a ballpark of what they're going to get. Uh, and you don't have guys who sign before the draft even happens like uh, Reggie Bush and Mario Williams uh, signing, you know, days before the draft to their giant contracts. So I already assumed Chubb had signed his deal. It was news to me that he signed it today, but we got numbers. So he's getting 27 mil over four years, 17.9 in signing bonuses, which to me is a nice chunk of fucking change to get all at once. And I hope he considers donating to my Patreon account. Just, you know, nothing big, 10,000 a week, maybe. Ten, yeah. 40 it's grand nothing. a month. Bradley yeah. would be very kind of you. And really, if you do, if Bradley Chubb donates forty thousand dollars a month to my YouTube channel, I'll basically be his personal propaganda machine. Whatever yeah. he wants me to say about him and the team and the coaches, I'm not going to question it. I will be his mouthpiece. I will be his Mike Cliss to the Broncos for far less money. So think about that, Bradley. So, you know how, like, they always ask rookies, like, what's the first thing that you're going to buy uh, right. once you sign your deal? Uh, if you made 20 – if you made basically $17.9 million today, Brandon, what would you – what would you go out and buy? Well, if I was Bradley Chubb, I'd say the first thing I'm going to buy is Brandon Perna, and I'm going to get him for, for a hell of a deal. If I had $17.9 today, what would I go out and buy? Uh, yeah. Honestly, my wife needs a new car, so I would get her a car. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. I'll get her a car. Like, a, like a used Subaru or like something nice. No, she wants a she wants a Mini Cooper Countryman. <laughs> Interesting. You think you can afford that with seventeen point nine million in the bank? With seventeen point nine million, we can can't afford <laughs> yeah. a new one right now. Uh, That's why you I, have to hit that like and subscribe and rate the podcast. That's right. I would buy her the twenty nineteen model, the twenty nineteen with the everything in it. And then I would buy, hmm, what else? And probably like a uh, a cabin in the mountains to get away. I like it. I like I'd, buy, I'd buy a cabin in the mountains and have a high-speed internet tower installed. A tower? It looks like one of those trees, so it blends in right next to my cabin. So I could just work uh, the entire summer up in the mountains 
and, and have internet access. That's what I would do. I think I literally want my tower to be built out of ivory. <laughs> An ivory cell tower, internet yeah. app. Smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, well. Will Keys murders a thousand elephants to <laughs> get good signal in the mountains. I would actually um, give my money to charity. So. Oh, fuck you. you <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. You set me up for that, didn't you? <laughs> sure did. Okay. What so char- let's, wait, uh, wait, wait. Okay. What charity would you give to? What's a cause that would be important to you? That's a serious question. Yeah. The, oh, um, I, I think you'd have to give it to like a children's hospital, right? That's great. Like, you can't go wrong like with that. Move. I would go yeah. to Alzheimer's research and funding. Also a good one. Yeah. So just so everybody knows, we do have hearts here. <laughs> we do have big hearts. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'd say so. Now let's start uh, the money. Yeah. We just, yeah. Well, let's, let's move on. Um, so Pro Football Reference tweeted out a stat that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So they were uh, tweeting out the highest rated passers in the last two minutes of halves. So basically like the best quarterbacks uh, in two-minute drills. So number one was Tom Brady. Nah. Number two. Bullshit. I already don't like this list. <laughs> yeah. Number two, you're not going to like it anymore, Mike Glennon. Oh, yeah, that really, that really discredits the whole fucking list. I know. Yeah, well, he played like three games. He must have been really good in like one two-minute drill. No, that's exact. like, I'm trying to find the fucking stat right now so I can (laughs) confirm that you're not lying to me. I would never lie to you. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's Mike Glennon. Like, my brain didn't even fucking register that. So no, number, you see, you see Mike Glennon, and you're like, that's that's a mistake. With a hundred and seventeen passer rating in the final couple minutes of halftime and the end of the game. That's true. Everybody knows uh, Mike Glennon's the next coming of Roger Staubach when it comes to to the fourth quarter. Yeah, and the reason this is interesting is because Case Keenum's number three, and now that okay. I see Mike Glennon number two, like I'm not as excited about this stat. Yeah, I mean, if you take this, uh, the small sample size into account, uh, we can bump Glennon out of there and yeah, put I think this Keenum is, too. This is a mark on pro football reference who I yeah. think should have whittled this down to quarterbacks who played at least 50% of the snaps in 2017. Because mm-hmm. then it, no, would be, exactly. it would be Brady, Keenum, Russ Wilson, Drew Brees, Those are, and then Joe Flacco, your top five. Uh, yeah. Also, if you're taking the playoffs into account, I think Keenum probably jumps Brady because uh, just saying, like Keenum threw a touchdown pass in the last last play of the game that goes to his quarterback rating that bumps it. Yeah, Brady, I wonder if on the other hand fumbled. I wonder if this is regular season or if it includes postseason. I think it's just regular season. I think you're right because if it's postseason, I would imagine that Nick Foles would be on this list somewhere up high. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, himself. for Broncos fans, this is cool because it basically means Case Keenum is a clutch passer in the final minutes of the game when you need him to be the most. I think it'd be interesting to see John Elway's career to see what this stat is for him. Uh, I think Broncos fans would argue he was probably the best ever, but I would like to see the numbers behind that. 
Uh, and he's ahead of Wilson, Breeze, Flacco, Wentz, Alex Smith, Josh McCown, Cam Newton, Trevor Simeon, Ben Roethlisberger, Dak Prescott. So two outliers on this list, probably Mike Glennon and Trevor Simeon. Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Oh, Trevor uh, and so we can safely say Case Keenum definitely will be better than Trevor Simeon in 2018, but maybe not as good as Mike Glennon. Where is – oh, Mike Glennon's in Arizona now? Uh, I don't know. Is it I Glennon, so. Bradford, and Rosen? Yeah, that's yeah. a <laughs> that's a group of that's a group of nerds right there. That's I've ever seen one. <laughs> that really is. Yeah, they they win for the most uh, nerdy quarterback combo. Absolutely. Yeah, Arizona uh, Cardinals yeah. confirmed. So I think this just like proves that. Case Keenum really took advantage of his first good situation in the NFL because you remember he was drafted by the Texans. Or he wasn't drafted. He was signed by the Texans as a rookie. Right. He was a free agent. Um, and that was the year that they went 2-14. and 14 And Gary Kubiak, like, the team was so bad that Gary Kubiak, like, literally collapsed on the sideline. And They were so bad they almost yeah. fucking killed Gary Kubiak. <laughs> Yeah, which the 2016 Broncos tried to do too. Paxton Lynch was so bad in that Falcons game. <laughs> it almost killed me, Paxton. The, the um, Gary Kubiak's kryptonite is just bad football. Yeah, it's like as long as he's got like a playoff team, he'll live forever. Sadly, though, as a coach, I mean, obviously there's the 2015 Super Bowl season's your, your outlier, but sadly as a coach, he was basically fueled just by average football most of his <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, if you can get him, yeah, if you can get him and like Jeff Fisher to team up and like create an eight and eight super team that is just perfectly average every year, I swear to God, he'll live to two hundred. You have figured out how Gary Kubiak can escape Father Time. Hmm. It is the fountain of youth for Mister Kubiak. Problem is, Jeff Fisher lives with him, so yeah, I might is that be a world you want to live in with the hundred and fifty year old Fisher and Kubiak? I don't know. I don't hate Jeff Fisher, but I don't know if I want to live in that world. I'd, I'd hate to see what that mustache looks like uh, after he crosses the century mark. I don't think the mustache will age because of it. <laughs> Everything else is like gone gray and white. Oh, and withered and mustaches. Really? Yeah, <laughs> he's still wearing. Yeah, he's still wearing like three XL sized long sleeve T shirts on the sideline. Can't find his challenge flag. <laughs> Like, if you just saw his mustache and nothing else, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between, like, him and Tom Selleck. Yeah. But then you zoom out, and it's, it's just this withered old man. It looks like Kirk Douglas at age 100. <laughs> yeah, but I guess the bigger point is that, you know, Case Keenum, when given the pieces, right, is good. And he's only been given the pieces and the coaching around him once in his career. One and, and a half times, really good. basically, yeah. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and now, like, we don't – I mean, I don't think that Denver's situation is as good as Minnesota was last year, obviously. Um, but it's better, I think. I think you'd probably agree that it's better than Los Angeles was, and it's definitely better than Houston was at the start of his career. Yeah, I think it – and honestly, I think at least on the offensive side of the ball, it has the potential to be just as good as Minnesota's was. And based – you know, depending on how some of the rookies play, it could be a little bit better. Um there might, I think there might be more depth for him in terms of receiving targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jake Butt, that's a huge question mark, but if he's close to what 
Kyle Rudolph was, then, yeah, Keenum's going to be in a really good position. I think a lot depends on the offensive line. We know Keenum can play well uh, under pressure. He did it a lot in Minnesota. He was a sack escape artist. But if he gets if, – if the offensive line does turn out to be better for whatever reason, and I don't believe it necessarily will – but if he plays behind a good offensive line, I think he's the kind of quarterback who can throw easily for over 30 touchdowns, you know, in a season. Um, and, the you know, the running game should be decent as well. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch Case Keenum play. And I'm excited by the fact that he plays well under pressure. And then we get this stat that shows he plays well under pressure when the game is on the line. I think for a quarterback, you can't ask for a lot more. And – as long as he continues to not throw interceptions, uh, I think it'll be a good season. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like one of those guys who uh, will let the ball sail on him from time to time, and you kind of saw that come back to bite him in the NFC Championship game. Um, but I think if you can limit those types of plays uh, and then kind of learn to live with them to some extent, you've got yourself a, a really good quarterback, especially for $18 million a year. Um, and I don't think – like. How much is Kirk Cousins making, like, close to 30 this year? Yeah, it's like 29 yeah. or some shit. I don't think the play is going to justify, like, the extra $11 million. No, I wanted Kirk Cousins, too. But the more yeah. I learn about Case Keenum and the more uh, the financials played into it, like, I'm actually happy the Broncos have him. Like, right now, if you had to ask me, I'd put my money on Case Keenum. Um, and that's not to say that I don't think Cousins will do well in Minnesota, but – I just like the way – I like Keenum's style of play better. Even if he ends up being not quite as good as Kirk Cousins, I just like the way he plays the game better than Kirk Cousins. A little more fun, a little more scary, a little more exciting. <laughs> a little, 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 uh, little edge on the – wait, on the edge of your seat. That's right. what I was going for. It puts yeah. a little fear into you, and it's like good sex. If you're not yes. scared a little bit while you're having it, then it's not worth having a wise man once said it so it was me um <laughs> going on to uh, other things that you've said uh, previously uh-oh uh yikes no <laughs> um so you did a video series on the afc west recently check it out on youtube that's good sports or that's good broncos yeah um, you basically broke down chargers chiefs raiders and then finally the broncos um and you decided whether or not they would be better uh, or worse in 2018 than they were in 2017. Um, so after all of that, how do you think the AFC West is going to shake out this season from top to bottom? Right. And I did I did as much work on this subject as you can, Will. I mean... Basically I, a dissertation. Basically, the NFL Network calls me for info on the AFC West now, is how this is happening. Uh, but I am predicting, based on paper... Based on the offseason moves, free agency, the draft, uh, and like I said in the videos, injuries, a lot of shit can happen just in preseason that will make this list completely irrelevant and completely wrong. But right now, I think the Chargers finish first, then the Broncos, then the Chiefs, and then you can't even see the Raiders because they are dead fucking last in the division. <laughs> um, the Raiders... I don't trust John Gruden yet. Uh, they have big needs on defense that I don't think they really addressed. They did. They 
they did address areas of strength in the offensive line and they focused on the the defensive line and if they have success it's because those units will be really good but I don't know if I trust that and I am even less a fan of Raiders fans now because uh, they talk this long so much shit in that video like I talked a lot of shit about the Raiders I warned them that I was going to talk shit and then they're acting like they haven't been the shittiest team in the division for the last decade and a half. Like they've had one winning season since, uh, I don't know. The Super Bowl. Two. Yeah. Um, they were one game better than the Broncos last year. And so I think their fans are a little bit delusional, uh, which makes me, Oh, uh, you think? It, yeah. It reignited my hate for the Raiders. I'll say that the chargers, I just like their defense too much. I think they got even better by adding uh, the safety Derwin James in the draft to a secondary that I think will compete to be a top three secondary in the league this year. And it's a blueprint from the Broncos 2015 Super Bowl run. Uh, You know, you got the two elite edge rushers, Bosa, Ingram, solid defensive line, and then a tremendous secondary, a veteran quarterback uh, who has the the offensive tools around him, I think, to – and he had a great season last year. He eliminated a lot of the, the interceptions. So I think overall as a team, they're the best unit. Hopefully Caleb Sturgis is a good kicker uh, and doesn't cost them games early in the season. Like what we talked about, it boils down to whether or not the Chargers start the season well. Last year they lost the first four games and really fucked them at the end of the, the season. As long as they don't do that again, I'm confident they'll be the team to beat in the AFC West. And the Chiefs are too much of a question mark, I think, with first-year starter Patrick Mahomes. So that's kind of what I based it on. What do you? Yeah. How do you? What? How do you see the AFC West <laughs> shaking out? So I saw the Chiefs at the top. Um, I think they're going to lose a little bit with shaking your head um, from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes, but I think they're also going to get a little bit more dynamic on offense in some senses. Uh, Like, I think you have to cover the whole field, basically, with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, You really have to worry about him extending the play, like we saw in that one game uh, that he played last year against the Broncos. Like, the play's really not over until he's on the ground. Um, Yeah, and he was also playing against the scrub defense, so don't Yeah, we'll take that into account as well. Uh, I think the Chargers – will be second place. Uh, they've been basically picked by everyone to win the AFC West, go like 16-0 and this year, uh, win the Super Bowl by at least 45 points. But I just don't trust the Chargers, and I haven't for like 10 years. And I'm not going to until they give me reason to because they're just such a weird team. And uh, they just find a way to screw things up uh, more often than not. I – I have a question for you, and this is a quick yes or no. Philip Rivers, Hall of Famer, or not? No. Not yet. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. If he gets a Super Bowl win, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be really hard to argue with that. And to me, Rivers um, – I mean, I've seen Rivers do amazing things, and I've also seen him with games on the line just fucking tank the team with yeah. bad throws and interceptions. That's – Kind of been like, I feel like his MO is in the fourth quarter, you don't know if he's going to be really good or really shitty. And I've seen both, and I've seen it enough times where he's close, 
but I would say no. Uh, he wins a Super yeah. Bowl. May he might be he, he might be in the conversation. I feel like he's basically like the AFC's version of Tony Romo, um, except probably right. made the playoffs a little less often. I think uh, I'd have to check that. But he didn't get as much crap as Romo did his whole career for some of the some of the mistakes he made late in games. And right. I don't know. I think that probably has to do with. San Diego is a lot more lax of a market, obviously, than Dallas. And there's a lot less scrutiny on the Chargers um, than there were, especially on those Romo Cowboy teams. Uh, but, you know, that kind of just sh- goes to show, like, how much the media and, you know, what teams are on primetime every week uh, does for our perception. Because I, th- I bet if you looked at, like, Romo and Rivers' numbers respectively and their, you know, to go back to that pro football reference stat, I bet the, I bet their passer rating, passer ratings late in games are, are fairly comparable, and yet we think of the two guys sort of differently. Yeah, to me, I think the most impressive thing Philip Rivers ever did was play in that playoff game, uh, yeah, with the torn ACL, or getting the ACL surgery and playing it in a week, whatever the fuck he did. I think he played on a torn ACL, right? Yeah, I believe so. Which, to be fair, like, he, like, doesn't really move in football games. Kind of just, like, takes (laughs) Yeah. No, it's good. I I hold hold it against him, though. Like, he should have won, like, two Super Bowls with the the talent he had on those mid-2000s teams. Like No, those teams are stacked. His Uh, offense was, like, Gates, Vincent Jackson on the outside. He gets – okay – he had Ladanian Tomlinson, Michael Turner, and Darren Sproles all in the same backfield. Yeah. And Lorenzo Neal, who's like one of the best fullbacks to ever do it. Well, you know, when you get to the playoffs, you need uh, really good defense to help you there. I don't know what the Chargers' defense was those years. They're like Sean uh, Merriman. Yeah, they had one. They had Sean Merriman. Quite, quite a jammer. And well. Eric Whittle, Weddle, maybe. Eric Weddle, yeah. Uh, you had Marty Ball. Little Marty Ball, then Norv Turner Ball. Uh, I don't know. Maybe better head coach will get you to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's all on Rivers, but he definitely the those teams had the firepower to they did. get to the Super Bowl, and they didn't. Yeah, and you it falls on the quarterback a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say though, with your Patrick Mahomes theory about him spreading the ball down the field a little more. Uh, just a reminder, Alex Smith had the best uh, adjusted completion percentage for deep. He was the most accurate deep ball passer in 2017. Uh, 131.4 passer rating on deep balls. 1,344 yards on deep pass plays. Number one. Well, guess what? Uh, stats are for nerds, so – We'll see if Mahomes does better gotcha. than that. We will. We will. Um, but let's move on because we've got a pretty interesting topic to to talk about here to finish off the Broncos half of this podcast. Cool. That's the new news that the Broncos have temporarily gotten rid of the Sports, Sports Authority field name uh, at Mile High. It's now Broncos Stadium at Mile High for at least this year until they find a new corporate sponsor to name their stadium. A creativity rating, Broncos field at mile high. What do you, what do you give the Broncos for coming up with that one? Uh, It's like a, it's like a two and a half out of 10, maybe. Do you, 
Do you think they should have just called it Mile High Stadium for their temporary? Temporary. Yeah, thing? yeah, they should have. But the problem with that is like people get really upset when they eventually sold the rights again, and it wasn't Mile High Stadium anymore. But don't you think people understand that they're going to sell the naming rights, or do you think fans really don't have a clue how that shit works? Uh, I think most do, uh, but a lot don't. Okay. Or we'll just get angry anyway. Just be like, we should be different. You know, we should. Right. Uh, we should just forego the millions and millions of dollars that we could make in advertising revenue. Right. And, and call Which, it Mile High Stadium. That money goes to paying people like, because uh, coaches aren't part of the salary cap, correct? Right. So John Elway is not part of the salary cap. So the money, yep. the extra money they make from shit like that goes partially to paying good coaches, uh, good executives, and those sort of things. So I feel like the people who would, would say, like, they don't need to make all that extra money are the same people who would complain if they didn't use the money to, you know, say when Elway's gone and there's, like, a, a really great GM available and they don't want to pay him, you know, they would complain yeah. about that or head coach or whatever. So and you need the money coming in from stadium Right. Yeah, like everybody understands like on the player side, it is a business, but from the top level down, it is also a business. Like it's, it functions how a normal business does. Uh, like there's not just like this big pool of money that every owner gets to, gets to use that like the whole NFL shares, like each franchise has to make its own money. And well, there is a big pool of money that does go back to the team though too. Well, yeah, no, from of the TV well, deals and uh, shit like that. Yeah, but it's not like... But uh, that goes to operating costs. Like, yes. The operating costs of a stadium, like of a, of a team, are in, insanely high. I for, I looked that stuff up a few months ago uh, and for the Broncos, and I was surprised at how much money it costs to actually run everything. Oh, yeah. It, it's absurd. And I guess maybe one thing fans would be upset about is I believe taxpayer dollars paid for the majority of Invesco Field, Sports Authority, Mile High Stadium. So fans kind of paid for that shit anyway. So I think a lot of people might feel like we should get to call it whatever the fuck we want, which is fair. Which is yeah, fair. no, that's, that's a fair argument. But so if we did get to call it whatever the fuck we wanted to, um, and we got to name it temporarily for this year, uh, what are some of the names that you would come up with, Brandon? Uh, just to match, uh, you know, my channel, I would go with Big Dick Player Field, Big Dick Bowling Field, Fuck You Tom Brady Center for Football at Mile High. Um, some people have suggested that's good Bronco Stadium. I think that's a little pretentious, a little pretentious if I were to suggest oh, oh, that. Wait until we get a little bit bigger. Exactly. Once people look at this like – you know, shitty ESPN. Then I'll think about that. Uh, I like Big Dick Player Field, though. I think it sends a message right away to opposing teams, to the rest of the fucking country. Like, we're not messing around here. We're swinging some big dicks on this field, and it might not have anything to do with football today. Yeah, I'd love that. Like, because we were talking about last week how uh, Denver's in the running to get a World Cup game in 2026. Right. I'd love to see just like a bunch of like people who like barely speak English coming for a world cup game. And like, all right, uh, we are headed to big dick player field at mile high. Can you punch that into Google maps? 
Right. To Argentina and Iceland. Yes. We'll be playing at Big Dick Field at Mile High. Yeah. See, that would be cool. I think it'd be it'd be worth the price of admission, personally. Right, so I had, a, years. Yeah, I had a few ideas. Um, so one I actually took from a guy on Reddit, on the Broncos Reddit. Uh, one hoop on the Broncos subreddit suggested that they call it put Bolin in the Hall of Fame field, which I think is a perfect idea because, A, you're getting the message out there that he needs to be in the Hall of Fame, and – B, it works temporarily because once he's in the Hall of Fame, then you can sell the naming rights and make money. That so is, I think, I think that's the best of both worlds. I think that's smart. Yeah. Um, other than that, I had a few other ideas. So, all right, Brandon, when you think of war movies, like what comes to mind? Like Saving Private Ryan, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, Wally. The Wally, everybody knows, a great war movie. Um, you might think of like some John Wayne movies, maybe all quiet Tropic, on the Western front. Tropic Trop- Thunder. Tropic Thunder, great war movie. Uh, yeah, well, Did for me, for, <laughs> that's enough. Uh, for me, Red Dawn from 1984. Takes oh, place in Colorado. Right. Colorado uh, war movie. Yep, some high schoolers, namely Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, Charlie Sheen, ex- expelled the Red Menace from rural Colorado. And, and took out the Soviet Empire, basically, on their own home turf. If if we can tie Patrick Swayze into the name, I'm all for it. Right. So, in honor of them, we name it Wolverine Stadium because they're the Wolverines in the movie. Pay a little tribute uh, to our fallen heroes. And, uh, you know, it's got, a, it's got a Colorado tie-in. I think it's a fierce-sounding name. Right, and I think uh, it would attract yeah. a lot of comic book nerds too. I agree. Mistakenly going to the stadium thinking it's like, uh, you know, a, a, an extra Comic Con, and it's like, oh shit, this is a football game. What are we? Why are we at Wolverine Stadium? <laughs> We're here to see some sports ball. Get me out of here. <laughs> um, so my last idea, and this is a little high concepts, a little high concepts. So try to stick with me here. Um, But for the purposes of this, I'm going to call it insert rookie stadium. So basically what you do is every year you take either like a late round pick or an undrafted rookie. Uh, Let's say for this year, David Williams, who is their last pick out of Arkansas. It's David Williams stadium at mile high. So ideally he rises to the pressure, meets the challenge, becomes an automatic pro bowler. uh, And basically one of the best players in the NFL right off the bat, just because uh, he can meet the challenge of having a stadium named after him because it's a lot of pressure. Uh, you're going to get some guys chirping at you. Um, but also if it doesn't matter and he just like wilts under the pressure and is out of the league and is in the CFL by night, by this time next year, who cares? It was just a six round pick, you know, they're kind of expendable. So I, I, I think you just keep cycling them, pick a new rookie every year, put him on the stadium either get them to, to I think it's, the expectations or they – It's a bold tactic that has to be gone. considered. It has to be considered at this point. Um, yeah. The motivation alone could drive them to be legends. And if they can't handle that pressure, then they can't play in the NFL. And you'll know right away. Agreed. Very smart. Yeah. I'm also, like – that. Really teams – <laughs> Teams coming uh, – <laughs> And they see, like, uh, Philip Lindsay Stadium a mile high. We have to game plan for this guy, clearly. You've really, you've really thought about this, haven't you? Yes. Uh, no, I put in the work. Thank you. 
Yeah, um, it's like Dylan the Raiders. Would work too. Colorado kid. It's true. Like he's already played at the stadium. He's got a history. But yeah, the Raiders come in like, oh, this guy must be the real deal. They've already named the stadium after them because like John Gruden doesn't know anybody in the NFL currently right now. Psych. He's inactive today. You prepared for the wrong guy, Raiders. Yeah, Royce Freeman goes for 250 yards and five touchdowns. Brilliant. A little trickery, a little little game theory, a little tactics. Honestly, I think uh, Orange Crush should buy the stadium naming rights. That's a pretty great idea. Orange Crush Stadium at Mile High, like it's literally, there's not a better sponsor name out there for the stadium. Do they already have like a partnership? I don't know. There's no other Orange Crush Stadium. That I know of. And if I no, know, I mean, like, do they already have a partnership with the Broncos? No. But Orange Crush is a part of a Pepsi company, I think, or Dr. Pepper or some shit. Yeah, and you've already got the Pepsi Center. Yeah, so there downtown. should be a, a tie there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. it just makes too much sense. Either that or I would like a dildo company to purchase the naming rights. Do you know any dildo companies? I'm not going to answer that. It's good. Uh... <laughs> That's, an, that's what uh, a lawyer might call entrapment. Exactly. And, and I have played, been watching it a lot of true crime dramas, and I know exactly what not to say. <laughs> Listen, pal, I've been watching a lot of Matlock. <laughs> the, the sound was off in the bar, but I think I got the gist of I it. I got what happened. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, any other honorable mentions? Any other ridiculous names? Uh, there's a guy on Twitter – at wise old Allen, Colorado, CO, uh, he said, how about Peyton does not play here anymore stadium at Mile High? I thought it was fair. I like it. Um, I personally want to go with something that kind of educates the public at the same time and maybe motivates for a better state here in Colorado. So I thought a good stadium name would be Colorado. We rank 49th in education spending stadium. Better learn sports here. Or you'll be as dumb as a kid from Mississippi if you attend public school at in the Mile High City Stadium. That no I mean, offense to Mississippi, but I think they yeah, actually a little bit of offense to Mississippi. I mean, maybe I, I think they might rank ahead of Colorado now in terms of education spending. Mm. Yeah, but how are their test scores? I don't know. Maybe we just maybe I they just research this. Colorado just doesn't need to spend as much. Because everyone's so naturally gifted. No, I think we're getting dumber here. That's fair. It might be it might be the weed, who knows? That does not make you dumber. <laughs> that is such a stereotype. It makes me dumber. It makes you I'm sorry, it makes you smarter. Makes some people though smarter, function better. I'm That's not fair. <laughs> uh, I was thinking like since all right, there's already in, in lower downtown you've got Pepsi Center. I, I think I'm a – are people going to think like I'm a cop for calling it Lower Downtown instead of Lodo? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm a cop. Um, but so you got the Pepsi Center where the uh, Nuggets and the Avalanche play. Uh, you've got Coors Field, obviously, where the Rockies play. Two beverages that are not entirely healthy for you. I think you, uh, you try to go with a little health slant. With the Broncos, maybe get, you know, the the what's the federal position that worries about health? Oh, the Surgeon General on our side gives us a little bit of money. We just call it like H two O Stadium. Get those federal dollars in there. 
advertise water. Interesting. I don't know about that, Will. That was a long <laughs> setup for something. I'm not sure is worth it. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. Unless it's like you. fucking Duffman from The Simpsons <laughs> <Duff Man's> saying <laughs> like H2O, yeah, stadium every time, then don't think it's going to work. I'm trying to salvage this idea. Nope. I think and if you're going to go healthy, you got to do like uh, insure, insure stadium. Oh, how about Pedialyte? Um, because the Broncos play on Sunday. People always go out and drink on Saturday. They're a little hungover. It's their reminds hydration. Them, reminds them to drink a little Pedialyte. Maybe. Okay, we're going to move on to the NFL. Will? Okay. <laughs> really? Oh, wait, real quick. I wanted to say that. I saw that Case Keenum passer rating stat in the Broncos Reddit as well, and that came from uh, Chrisman77, except Chris is spelled X-H-R-I-S. So yeah. that's where I saw it. We wanted Shout to out, yeah. credit. When Shout we- out to the, the Broncos subreddit, who's been uh, very good about promoting all of our stuff. Oh, yeah. They've and, been uh, good from the beginning to me. Yeah. So thanks to those guys. Okay. Uh, but we're going to move on to the NFL. Yeah. NFL news. do 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 where is Des Bryant going, Will? Funny you ask that, because according to Sportsline.com, which is a sports gambling site, the Tennessee Titans are the favorites at minus 200 to sign wide receiver Des Bryant. Brandon, do you think that's a good fit or no? Ooh, interesting question, Will. Um, but wait, my first why – does, why does a gambling site – like what info do they have that – Des would go to Tennessee. Do we know that information? Like, what are they basing that on? That's a very good question. Has he been talking to them? I don't know. That would be my first real question. I would imagine that they have sources that the media doesn't even have. Interesting. Yeah, you know, you're probably right. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I think athletically, Des Bryant would be perfect in Tennessee. Like, they need a wide receiver. Uh, that's like been their biggest weakness on offense is a reliable receiver outside of Delaney Walker. Um, but I started watching all or nothing. Yeah. And prior to the Broncos Cowboys game, Des Bryant was like arguing in the wide receivers room with the wide receivers coach for no reason at all. He got mad at the wide receivers coach for the wide receivers coach saying the Broncos defense is good and we need to bring our A game and really prepare if we want to have success against these guys. And he was basically like saying, like, why the fuck do you say that? Why the fuck you got to talk about how good they are? What about us? We're great. It was kind of like the gist of it. And I was just going, oh, shit. No wonder, no wonder he did not play well last year. Uh, it seemed like he wasn't taking the preparation for these games seriously. And then the Cowboys got fucking obliterated by the Broncos. Um, our defense owned him in that game. Des Bryant didn't do shit. And yeah, I think, he actually he caused an interception. Right. <laughs> right. Like he, he missed. dropped the, the ball that went into Chris Harris's. Chris Harris's, yeah, that's the one he scooped up. Like, <laughs> I think Des Bryant, if he's going to have success, one of two things has to happen. He has to change the way he looks at the game. Like, he has to realize he's getting older, and he's going to have to work harder than he's ever had to work before mm-hmm. to stay ahead of – defenders and to be better than them or he needs to go to a place where there's a really good veteran quarterback where 
Dez's voice or, you know, any issues he might have is going to be overridden by a strong leader from a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think he would be fine like in Green Bay because Rodgers commands that offense and that team. So I think that's what happens. And I don't think Tennessee really has that. I'm not sure Marcus Mariota is the guy would be a good fit with Des Bryant either. So I would say no to going to Tennessee. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like Marcus Mariota doesn't strike. Like I like him as a quarterback. I don't know if he strikes me as like a great downfield passer though. Right. Like I think they're best off as like a West coast offense, like utilizing Delaney Walker and then throwing the ball to, you know, Dion Lewis out of the backfield, maybe take a couple shots. Um, but that's not their, their, you know, go to, kind of philosophy on offense but I think at least for an on the field fit I think San Francisco would make a lot of sense just because they still don't really have like a true number one wide receiver right. I know Pierre Garçon's there but I think they could get better on the outside um, but I think the the same concerns that you said about like Marcus Mariota maybe not being like the the type of leader for Des Bryant I don't know if that carries over to like Jimmy Garoppolo either because he's right. he's actually like like we forget like Garoppolo has been in the league since 2014 so he's you know he's essentially a veteran at this point but he's only played yeah what, like eight games in his career so no I think know, we don't have a lot to go off of no I think skill wise Garoppolo will be better than Mariota I yeah. think he might already be a stronger leader too but I think Des could work in San Francisco just because Kyle Shanahan's there like I think mm-hmm. uh Kyle Shanahan, he's not his not, and it's not just that he's the head coach because he's such an offensive-minded coach that he would be a big part of the offense. And I'm not, and I think, you know, he would be able to work within the confines of whatever Des Bryant's personality is. Uh, so yeah, San Francisco might work, um, but honestly, I would maybe take Terrell Terrell Owens over Des Bryant right now. Yeah, I mean, T.O., like, if, you, if you've been keeping up, he ran a 4 4 3 40 earlier in the week. Uh, he hasn't played since he was 37. But so I think he year, would come back humble. He would have to be humble. Yeah, and, you know, he's refreshed. Like, he hasn't taken a hit in a long time. Right. How old is T.O. now? He's 44. Yeah, <laughs> I would take T.O. over Des Bryant today. Yeah, last year he played in the NFL with the Bengals. He caught, like, nine or ten touchdowns. Easy. Had almost a thousand yards, like seventy catches. Dude, That's it would a be a terrible team too. It would be so cool if a team gave Owens a chance. Oh yeah, that'd like, be so. That'd be awesome. It would be so fucking cool to see. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it would work. I'm not saying like it's a smart move. I'm saying entertainment wise, I would watch every second of the game, the first game he's back, and many after, until mm-hmm. he uh, got hurt. Oh, yeah, and I, like, legitimately believe – maybe he dies on the field, but I legitimately believe that if he if he plugged him into the right offense, he could have, yeah. like, 500 yards and, like, five touchdowns. completely capable. It's crazy. Yeah, he's – yeah, back in the day, like, he was uh, head and shoulders above everybody else athletically on the field. He and Randy Moss were, like, yeah. those two kind of guys that, like, come along every so often. And now that he's 44, I think he's just, like, kind of, like, average, which will – Yeah, he'd be fine. Get you something, you know. <laughs> Pair him with another, like, really good receiver, and he'll, he'll have success. Yeah. The crazy thing, like, him and Randy Moss, completely different body types, too. 
Yeah. Both were like the best, you know, in the game at the position. Uh, the question for T.O. that it would for me would be like, what's he taking right now that he can't be taking if you're playing in the NFL? I'm not saying there is something, but probably, probably mm. a substance that he's taking that he wouldn't be able to take in the NFL. Might make, might make the uh, Patriots think twice then. Unidentifiable alien jizz substance in Terrell Owens. Yeah. Call back to the last episode. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, because Des Bryant, unsigned free agent, and then I noticed there are some pretty good safeties that are still free agents, and I'm just kind of puzzled as to why they haven't landed teams. So you've got Eric Reed, pretty good safety. Trey Boston, very good season with the Chargers last year. Uh, and then Kenny Vaccaro, kind of an up-and-down career, like a couple really good years, couple kind of shitty years. But they haven't signed anywhere. And I think there are teams that could use a, a second, you know, good safety. So I don't know if any of these guys had have injury concerns. Uh, I don't think Eric Reed does. I think a big reason he hasn't signed is obviously the anthem protests and – Next to Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco, he's been the most vocal about it, which I think has is, is hurt him here. Um, but Trey Boston, to me, is puzzling. I get why – San or did I say San Diego? Why Los Angeles didn't take uh, sign him. Same thing. Because uh, they grabbed Derwin James in the draft, so they have their safety position covered. But the Titans, next to uh, Kevin uh, Byard, He's a, one of the best safeties in the league, and you give not, him a guy not, like – Not according to Deion Sanders, he's not. Yeah, f- fucking Deion Sanders an idiot. Um, uh, if you don't know, Deion Sanders didn't know who Kevin Byard was on Twitter. Yeah, the guy who led the league in interceptions last year. Right. So, uh, um, put like Eric Reed or Trey Boston with him, two other guys who are pretty good in coverage as safeties. Uh, because right now they have uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Cyprian, and they drafted Dane Crookshank, notably one of the best-named players in the draft. Crookshank. Never fuck with a guy with the last name Crookshank. Um, but then I, look, I went and looked at other teams that I thought could maybe use the help of a safety. You've got the Bengals, the Browns, the Buccaneers, the Giants, the Jets, the Packers, Washington, the Steelers. So why do you think these guys haven't signed anywhere? I think it's, I don't know, it's just confusing to me because the NFL had these guys ranked um, really high as like some of the best available free agents uh, heading into this like last free agency period. Yeah. So I think that teams are starting to devalue the safety position as a whole. And I think you can kind of tell just because like for the very reason that like Derwin James who like, seemed before the season like he was a top five prospect in the draft, even fell to the Chargers uh, in kind of like the the late yeah, team 17. in the draft. Yeah, and also you can look at a guy like Teron Matthew not getting re-signed by the Cardinals um, and having to um, basically move on to the Texans at free agency. Like teams just don't value the safety position anymore, and I don't know if that's a wise strategy. Uh, but it seems to be the route that most teams are taking, and they're they're paying corners. Yeah, uh, and it's taken away from safety money. Yeah, it's. I think you're probably right in the reason why. Um, it's weird. It's like positions. I feel like get devalued, and it's like cyclical. 
right? Yeah. Like, right now you could maybe argue safety. Uh, running back was and maybe kind of still is. It's starting to make a comeback, but yeah. But yeah, it's it's like it's weird, and it's because the NFL like offenses are always evolving, and as are the defenses and in the, the schemes. So that probably has something to do with it. But I don't think you can undervalue safeties who are good in coverage. Like, I get like why T.J. Ward was released. He's getting older, and the area he wasn't really strong in it was in pass coverage, right? So these guys are like fourth, fifth year safety. So another reason is they need, they were due to get paid. They're coming out of their rookie contract. So you're probably right. Teams just don't want to pay them. And teams are just going to wait for somebody to get hurt and then probably, you know, sign one of these guys to help their roster. Uh, But I think like the Broncos safeties last year were not great in coverage and they have a lot of depth at that position. And they're a team right now who's currently not, paying corners because they let Akib Tlaib go. They did give Chris Harris a raise, but even he's underpaid and they're putting Bradley Roby on his, you know, fifth year and we're going to try to maybe sign him to a deal. So they took money. The Broncos kind of did the opposite and took money away from their corner position and now have a bunch of safety. So they're kind of an outlier, but uh, I don't know if I see a safety that plays well in coverage, I find that to be a huge asset because, you know, traditionally a lot of the safeties are really good against the run and you find the guy who can line up with tight ends and uh, running backs and uh, I think it's really valuable. And I think Trey Boston was maybe the best out of this group last year uh, in those situations. And uh, I don't yeah, know, maybe but- there's injury issues you don't know about as well, but I would take Eric Reed or Trey Boston in a second if I needed a, a, another safety right now. Yeah, like Trey Boston was like a serious asset on the, the Panthers the year they went 15-1 and one and made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like so it's a guy you'd assume would have a job and played well you know, in Los Angeles last year too. It doesn't really make sense, but I think like teams are trying to find guys that are either like center fielder ball hawk types – um, like you think about like how the Browns play Jabril Peppers like 50 yards off the line of scrimmage, like right. you want your like serious like last line of defense, uh, and then you want your nickel linebacker type like Dion Buchanan in Arizona or a guy that the Broncos just traded for in Sua Cravens, who's sort of a safety linebacker hybrid who can uh, ideally cover tight ends. Like everybody just wants like a guy that can cover Rob Gronkowski basically, or like Travis Kelsey, especially if you're in the AFC West, which the Broncos are. And it just like the pursuit of finding that guy is very, very difficult, but it's like, they've basically engineered a new position just to like deal with those like super hyper athletic tight ends. Right. And which are varying levels of success. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would I would I would stack my defense with four corners and one safety. Like that's how I would try to play it. And you find a your your fourth corner, I'd look for a guy that you don't really know whether he's a safety or a corner. Like he's pretty good in coverage, but not good enough to say a corner, but he's a lot better against the run than a corner. Like that's the that's the guy you want as your your guy you can kind of move around in the lineup because you want a guy who can, like you said, match up with all those tight ends and stop the run if you need to. And 
I think if you can confuse, like, if you can, in, if you have two guys who do both those things well that you can interchange, it makes your secondary dynamic. Uh, it allows you to do a lot of things. But what do we know? I have, oh yes, I have a question. Oh, if, if you could pick anybody in the world to cover Rob Gronkowski to like play as your just Gronkowski stopper on defense, who do you take? Anyone in the world? Anybody? Actually, anyone in history too. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I would take Steve Atwater to fucking cover him. Was Atwater tall enough? Yeah, he's like 6'2". Okay. Yeah, Atwater's a fucking big dude. Like, if Atwater played now, they might have him, like, as an outside linebacker. <laughs> probably, honestly, probably. Like, he... <laughs> but Atwater was, like, a brutal hitter, and he was he was a good cover safety. So... You want a guy with, like, that size and athleticism to cover him. Uh, anybody in the world, I would maybe take Julio Jones and put him on defense to cover him. <laughs> I'm t- see, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking one of the Gronkowski brothers. Oh, smart. Gets in his head a little bit. Nobody knows a Gronk like a Gronk. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they can just, like, talk shit all the way down the field, make 69 jokes to the point where Gronkowski loses his – uh, instincts for the game doesn't <laughs> he doesn't know which routes to run he's right. just off of his game completely like because chris keeps you i know, take i take back my punching him in the ribs i i would have i would have lebron james cover him oh you know what i think that might be the move actually two inches taller yeah probably stronger yeah definitely Maybe. strong yeah i mean roughly the same weight he's more athletic I than like that idea Absolutely is. And Gronk's an athletic freak, but John LeBron J- John James LeBron James is <laughs> LeBron. Yeah, I think uh, that's a hard that's a hard one to beat. LeBron, I like that. Come on, yeah. LeBron, come play defense. Just a season, just a season. Like then go sign with the Lakers or whatever you're gonna do. Okay, so let's close this bitch out with our free agents or fantasy football talk. We're gonna do a little fantasy talk here, and it's about which players switch teams that we think will uh have increased value and a couple guys we think will be worse because they went to they made terrible decisions with their life yep 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 uh so i'll start it off i have Dion lewis going from the patriots to the titans and you might be saying oh the titans they're not as good as the patriots you fucking idiot and i would say well at least he knows what his role is now because right. His highs were going to be a little bit higher in New England, uh, but now I think he's going to be more consistent, and consistency is a very uh, admirable trait out of a fantasy player, I think, because in New England, like, sometimes you're going to get a James White game or, like, a Rex Burkhead game or a Mike Gillisley game. You don't know when Deion Lewis is going to, you know, carry the load because Bill Belichick's a, a maniac who plays with people's emotions. Yeah, you could have Deion Lewis get 40 touches one game and then not see him for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Like, Whereas, they won't even invite him to the game. No. Like, you're, he's on his couch watching as they beat the Bills by, like, 45 points. But the point is, like, I think that he's going to get a lot of – uh, obviously, like Derrick Henry is going to get like the straight ahead carries. Yeah, Hen- Henry like, will get his touches. Yeah, he's going to be like the number one guy. But I think Deion Lewis is going to get like the tosses, the screens, uh, yeah. the little flare passes, just the stuff that like gets him in space. And I think that's like something you can count on every week. 
Like he's going to be kind of the Christian McCaffrey type. Yeah. I think, for Tennessee. And I think the, the Titans are going to be a run first team. Uh, yeah. I believe. And they have a really good offensive line. They have like That's a, a powerful, point, yeah. strong offensive line that I think Deion Lewis will have a lot of success behind. And he, he can plan on getting, you know, 15 to 20 touches probably every game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably good looks in the passing game as well. So, yeah, I agree. I think his value in Tennessee is probably more. Uh, he's also – yeah, he's also like one of those guys along with Malcolm Butler who also went to the Titans who was like, I'm so happy to be here. Right. No, and I think Deion Lewis is really good. Like, he's a really yeah. good, smart running back with great vision. And I think uh, – yeah, I agree with you. I also think, speaking of running backs, I think Jarek McKinnon going to San Francisco will see an increase in his value. Yep. Um. They paid a lot of money to get him. And Kyle Shanahan, if he wanted him that bad, means he has plans to use him a lot. And the Falcons did a ton with Tevin Coleman uh, when Kyle Shanahan was there. And I see Jarek McKinnon, like, he's basically their number one back now. So uh, he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of passes. I think his value goes way up going from Minnesota to San Francisco. And he had good value in Minnesota last year after Cook got hurt, but uh, I think you can bank on him being better. Yeah, I think it's generally like a a wise fantasy move to take whoever Kyle Shanahan's running back is (laughs) at any given time. Like, it's kind of the thing that you'd say about, like, his dad's system back in the day. Like, I think if you plugged, like, you or me into that system, we could could bang out, like, 800 yards. I could get 1,800. (laughs) Yeah. Well you, well, you have you have cutback ability. Yeah, I'm more of the power back. I don't fit the system quite as You'd well. You'd be my Howard Griffith. Yeah, block <laughs> two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Not bad. Not bad at all. I'll take it. So I have another NFC guy uh, who moves from Seattle to Green Bay, and that's Jimmy Graham, who I think just by virtue, basically, of playing with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, will put up bigger numbers than he did in Seattle because I don't know, like he, he had some moments in Seattle, but I think overall he was kind of a disappointment for what they uh, traded for him back in 2015 because they gave up right. like they gave up like a first rounder and Max Unger to get Jimmy Graham, and I don't yeah. think he ever quite lived up to expectations. No, because he was insane in New Orleans. Like, yeah, it was. You were saying like. You you were debating whether Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski was a better tight end. Yep. Like, that's how effective he was uh, in their passing game with Drew Brees. And he was pretty good in Seattle, but he was not like he was, you know, in New Orleans. So, I think the question there is, is he just – is he still that good? Was it just the system with Brees or, you know, with the lack of maybe – other receiving targets in Green Bay, like you're going to have Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham could be easily the second guy, especially in the red zone. And with a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers, you would assume it gets better. But Russell Wilson's a really good fucking quarterback too who threw a lot of touchdown passes. But I don't think Seattle utilizes utilizes the tight end position as effectively as they could. Yeah, tight end's never been – a huge position in Seattle. They're more of like a wide receiver based passing offense. Uh, and they and had a yeah. terrible offensive line in Seattle. <laughs> that's it. another, yeah, that's another big part of it. Um, it. Yeah. And that's like, it actually makes a big deal when you have a guy like Jimmy Graham, whose best asset is getting vertical as a yeah. tight end. And if you don't have the time to 
to let him get down the field. Like, it doesn't matter how good he is. Yeah, uh, Aaron was- Rodgers, I think, will be excited to – just play with a good tight end for the first time since, like, Jermichael Finley, basically. Yeah, I think that's a good fit. Uh, another guy I have, and it's a quarterback, I think will have pretty good fantasy numbers. Better than last year's Kirk Cousins going to Minnesota. He's got new toys. He's got two really good receivers. Diggs, Thielen, could argue as maybe the best two in the NFL. Uh, Kyle Rudolph at tight end. And... Um, if, McK- if Jarek McKinnon stayed in Minnesota, I'd be, be even more excited because Kirk Cousins was really – he utilized his running backs a lot in the passing game. He throws a lot of screen passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would have been a smart move to keep McKinnon there for him. But uh, overall, like, Washington was a disaster last year. Cousins still did all right. But I think he'll have – he'll be, I think, in the top ten for quarterbacks easily for fantasy yeah Cousins statistically dropped off a little bit last year from where he was in 2015 and 2016 he lost lost all his ball catchers yeah and Terrell Pryor never quite caught on in Cleveland and Josh Doxson was sort of a disappointment as a first round pick Um, so I think he's actually going to get a lot better uh, now that he has those weapons but have you ever been on the subreddit uh, r Kirk Cousins before uh no I don't think so don't think so it is the most bizarre player subreddit I've ever seen. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, it's that? a lot of stuff about him, like, not cheating on his wife. <laughs> it's okay. very strange. Yeah, we should look at that and talk about it next podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just say this to the listeners. Like, go ahead and, like, browse through Art Kirk Cousins, and then we'll have a little discussion next week. So That'll be exciting. <laughs> Yeah, I am excited for it. Like genuinely, we're gonna we're gonna have a little roundtable discussion. Um, but yeah, I think he's I think he's gonna be better, and he definitely doesn't cheat on his wife. Um, Tory Smith in Carolina, I think he's gonna be better uh, than he was in Philadelphia, which sounds a little counterintuitive, just because Philadelphia had a great offense last year, right? But he's a he's more of a priority in Carolina uh, than I think he was in Philadelphia. Yeah, there was too many there were too many good players in Philly. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it's like, like Torrey Smith was like the fifth option. Basically, uh, you go to Carolina, he'll maybe, probably be the number you know, two target him. there. Yeah, like they have De- Devin Funchess. Um, we don't know what we're going to get out of DJ Moore, who's right. the rookie wide receiver there that they took in the first round. Um, so, and a lot depends might, on Greg Olson's health. When he's healthy, correct. he's a fucking awesome, but he's getting yeah. older. Yeah, okay, I agree Greg. with that. Now for a, a guy I think value is going to go down is Isaiah Crowell. Interesting. Running back from the Browns goes to the Jets. Oh, things aren't working out here in Cleveland. Better go to the Jets where their offensive line is even shittier. Hard to argue. However, um, Stephen A. Smith, however, uh, I had Isaiah Crowell in fantasy last year. I think he's good. I think he just went to the wrong place. I think he was in the wrong place to begin with. I, don't I, think, I think he went to a wronger place than Cleveland. I don't know. I, see, I don't and know if that's possible. How could I even say that, Will? <laughs> I, like, I don't think that's, that's metaphysically not a possibility. The, this year – you can't go lower than zero, okay? Cleveland has a better chance of having a good offense this season than the Jets do. 
better offensive line, Baker Mayfield or Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I guess that's a wash with Josh McCown right now. Better receiving targets, though. All signs point to a running game being better in Cleveland for Crowell. So I say his production is going to go down, but maybe the Jets hand it off to him uh, every single play. And That's what I'm thinking, like they're just going to give him the ball. If he's better, it's going to be by quantity. That's all it will be. Yeah, I mean, you don't get points for yards per carry in fantasy, so. Nope. Nope, just, just, just pure mass, just pure quantity. Okay, so, yeah. well, we touched on this. We can talk more, a little more, because there's probably some other guys we can discuss next week, uh, yeah. fantasy, and God knows there's going to be very little to talk about. <laughs> so maybe we'll talk about a few more guys <laughs> next week. We'll get into Kirk Cousins' Reddit thing. Yes. See what happens. And hopefully this podcast saves, and this is the last time we record this today. If you're listening to it, we were successful. Uh, yeah, so thank you for listening. Again, we're on Podbean. You can download those. The link's in the description here on YouTube. iTunes, please, for the love of God, go give us five stars and a good review. Will is on Twitter, at WillKeys6, and he's writing articles every week on That'sGoodSports.com. Uh, and that's it.